What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast. Network. it is Thursday, March 5th. And I know this podcast is going up a little bit later, but if you were following us on Twitter, and I know we're jumping the gun on the housekeeping items there a little bit, but that's okay because that's what we do here. Uh, but if you were following us on Twitter, you know the message that I was doing some stuff earlier in the day, and that's why I could not get the podcast out to you earlier today because I was covering the Mountain West Conference Tournament primarily the San Diego State Air Force game in which Air Force almost pulled off the upset of the year, but San Diego State showed why they're number five in the country. But this is not a college basketball pod. This is a hockey pod, and I must deliver the hockey news to you all today. So welcome back, everybody. How are you doing? Hope you're having a good day. My name is Danny Webster. I am your host, and I'm so glad that you can join me here today for today's episode as we get you ready. For Friday's game against the Winnipeg Jets, the first of a five-game road trip for the Golden Knights in what is going to be a very crucial stretch for their schedule. Ten road games left, four at home. Golden Knights need every single point to count their way as we inch closer to the playoffs in what could be a third consecutive trip to the playoffs for the Golden Knights. Before we talk about that, again, I know I jumped the gun on the... uh, on the old housekeeping items, but again, let's uh, let's refresh your memory for those housekeeping items. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, a special welcome to you, as this is a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On VGK. You can follow me on Twitter. At Danny Webster 21. That's only if you like terrible sense of humor and terrible puns, which I thought I had a good one today. But again, I am terrible when it comes to sense of humor and terrible when it comes to jokes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Danny Webster 21. If you like sending emails, locked on golden nights at gmail.com is the place to do so. And as I mentioned that, if you like sending emails or if you like tweeting at me or that the show, Uh, A little reminder, next week we're bringing back the mailbag because I haven't done a mailbag in a hot minute and as we inch closer to the playoffs, I want to know what you guys have on your mind when it comes to this hockey team. Send in your questions via Twitter or email, whichever you prefer, and I will set a date sometime next week. It's probably going to be... It'll probably be the last game of the road trip, so I'm thinking, what what was that, Colorado or Minnesota? I can't remember off the top of my head. But if you've got questions, send them over, and we'll answer them next week. Sound good? Sound good. All right. So tomorrow, the Golden Knights, as we mentioned earlier, begin a five-game road trip, a very crucial five-game road trip that starts tomorrow night against the Winnipeg Jets, a Winnipeg team that is also fighting for its playoff lives currently in the Mosh Posh, that is the Western Conference wild card picture. And the Golden Knights will be going into this game with a little bit of uh, good fortune, if you will, because of the Edmonton Oilers losing tonight to the Chicago Blackhawks in regulation 4-3. to The Golden Knights and the Oilers are now even at 68 games apiece. So tomorrow, by the way, it'll be a very nice 69th game of the season for the Golden Knights. But the Golden Knights and the Oilers now tied at 68 games apiece. The Golden Knights 
will go, will carry, will go carry. I guess, I guess that's what I was going for. They will carry a two point lead in the Pacific division heading into tomorrow's matchup with Winnipeg. So whether they win or lose, the Golden Knights will have the lead in the Pacific division. This could also mean, as I have not looked at Edmonton's schedule to this point, I do believe that the Oilers will be playing one more time before the Golden Knights go to Edmonton later this week. And that is exactly correct. They will be at home taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets before the Golden Knights and the Oilers meet up on Monday. Now, of course, that could also change because the Golden Knights are playing the Flames the night before, if I am not mistaken. Again, here's the thing. I'd like to think that I have an 82-game schedule down pat. You know what I mean? I'd like to think that I have it totally ingrained in my memory. And I'd like to think that I would have this understood with 14 games. All I know is that the Golden Knights are going to Canada. That's basically all I know. Uh, But the Golden Knights do play the Flames on Sunday. That will be their 70th game. And then uh, Vegas, Edmonton, the next night in Edmonton. So if I can do math, and again, I'm not very good at math, Vegas or Edmonton will have one game in hand once again when Vegas and Edmonton meet on Monday in what could very well determine, at least in the short term, the Pacific Division title uh, for the foreseeable, what would that be, final 10 games of the season. So big game for everybody involved. Good news for the Golden Knights is that it does appear that March 9th could be the target date for one Alex Tuck to return to the lineup. Uh, Tuck did return to practice today for the first time since he had that lower body injury against the Blues. God knows how long ago. It feels like forever. But that was actually, I believe that was the game that started this whole eight game winning streak, the whole eight game winning streak for the Golden Knights and their stretch of nine wins in 10 games. The young forward, Alex Tuck, is close to a return. He is designated to come off of long term injured reserve on March 9th, the same day that the Golden Knights face the Oilers. So that is a welcomed addition. I have no idea what in the world Pete DeBoer is going to do with the lineup. It is a complete guess as to who goes where and who does what. I think for now, what I kind of touched on, I believe it was either yesterday or the day before, that Alex Tuck being on the third line is probably best suited for him just because he needs to get more reps in the third line. He can't be going up to second and third line because if you keep moving him between the second and third line, he's going to, I, I don't want to say he'll get all you know butthurt because it's not Alex Tuck. He's, he's still a young player. It, does, it shouldn't matter where you put him except on the fourth line. But I think you keep getting him reps on the third line. Not only do you keep getting him reps, you also get him acclimated with his new line mates, meaning Chandler Stevenson, possibly Nick Cousins as William Carrier drops back down to the fourth line. The second line still remains with Nicholas Waugh up there until Mark Stone comes back. And then when Mark Stone comes back, then you can have a field day as to whatever in the world your heart desires to that lineup. Because I sure as hell would have no idea what in the world DeBoer will do when he has a full, healthy roster. 
Uh, the Golden Knights did recall Nick Waugh and Brandon Peary earlier this afternoon, meaning the Golden Knights are back to 12 forwards, and that could also mean that the lineup that you have seen the last two games is likely going to be in effect going into tomorrow's game against Winnipeg. So there is basically your update. The Golden Knights get a big win, or a big help, I should say, from Edmonton. Uh, Alex Tuck nearing a return, and they have a two-point lead in the Pacific Division. Right now, everything is coming up groovy for the Golden Knights. Groovy. That's a word I did not think I was going to be using out of my mouth today. You know, you know what it is? You know, I, I listen to as many podcasts as I can. My favorite podcast right now, and again, basketball time, so yeah. Um, but my favorite podcast right now is the No Dunks podcast, the guys who used to host the starters over on NBA TV. That's a podcast I'm listening to every day. And the song that they play at the end of every episode, uh, the the girl singing it uses the word groovy. So I think that's kind of where I'm going. And if I have the urge to watch uh, Scooby-Doo and you know Shaggy comes on the TV and says, groovy, dude, or, what, or zoinks, or whatever the hell it is. I, <laughs> this podcast has already gone off the rails. We're only 10 minutes in. You, got, you guys know how it is. These, this podcast does tend to go off the rails sometimes. But the fact that y'all are still here and y'all still listen, that's what I appreciate the most about y'all. That is what I appreciate the most is that y'all can tolerate my stupidity. Maybe you can't. Maybe you just listen to this podcast just so you could have an excuse to tell me how stupid I am. And if you know what, that's fine too. That's all good. That's all what we're here to have fun and to discuss whatever it is that we're discussing, whether it be hockey or Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of that's where we're at right now, right? Right. I thought so. All right. So we touched on this a little bit before. The, the importance of this five-game road trip. It, it, is, it is something that I, it's going to be a very big challenge for the Golden Knights closing this regular season. Knowing that they have 10 road games left. I think is probably the most daunting of it. And I believe most of their opponents that is in this final four team stretch about half or a little bit more than half are locked in a playoff position right now. This road trip is going to be crucial and it's going to be even more crucial than the eight game rotor, just because not only do you have the, the daunting task of going to Canada twice within a month span, which Excuse me, which I mean, not that it's bad going to Canada, but when you're trying to lock down a playoff position and knowing that you have to go across the continent to basically play for your playoff lives, it can be daunting, especially when you're not at home for as much as the Golden Knights hope that they are at this point. But this this stretch of road games that the Golden Knights have, not even just this five, well, the five, I'll focus on just the five for now. Because you you obviously have Winnipeg. Winnipeg is a very tough team. I, I know it doesn't seem like it. The, the, the Winnipeg teams in years past, compared to this one, it's not like it's the world beater that it was a couple of years ago when Vegas played them in the conference final. I get that. But they're still, they're still a very talented team. Hellebuck has been unbelievable in net. You still have the talent up front. They're going to be fighting for their playoff lives. And when you get that kind of a talented team in that desperate of a mode, they're going to play 
as well as they possibly can, and it's probably going to up their level to a degree that I that I think the Golden Knights need to be wary of. Then you have the back-to-back coming up, Calgary and Edmonton. And, and I mentioned it before, Calgary is one of those teams where I'm still not sure what they are. They One moment I can look at Calgary and think they're the team that ran away with the Pacific last year, and they look like the team that's just ready to strike and take the reins of that division. And then the next night, they could lay an egg like five to two, and they just don't look that good. You know what I mean? It's really weird watching Calgary. They're, you knew last year that they were good, but you knew that their goaltending was going to be a problem. And if their goaltending was going to be a problem, they weren't going to get anywhere, as evidence of last year and, evident, and as evidence of this year when you're rolling with what, Cam Talbot and David Riddick. You're, you're not getting the full complimentary goalie performance that you would hope you'd get out of those two. And Riddick, yeah, he, I, I think Riddick was named to an all-star team by, you know, by after five, five other goalies were injured, right? right? So, I mean, at least he has that accolade, but he's not the guy that I can look to and say, if I need a game seven victory, who can I go to, to get me a win? And I cannot look at David Riddick or I cannot look at Cam Talbot and think, those are the guys that I can trust in net for one game. Edmonton's kind of the same thing as the Golden Knights will go to Edmonton the next night. Edmonton's, Edmonton is kind of in the same boat because you you know what you're getting from Edmonton. You're getting McDavid. You're getting Dreisaitl. You're getting Nugent Hopkins. Yamamoto has been great. Uh, you get Athanasiu and Ennis. You've got those guys. James Neal is off of IR. You know what he can bring when you are basically asking of him. They're okay at the blue line, but goaltending is still a question. Now, if you're going to get a 42-save performance from Koskinen every other night like you did in Dallas a couple nights ago, then you're golden if you're Edmonton. But I don't know if I can also rely on Miko Koskinen to win me a playoff game. You know what I mean? It's not because I think Edmonton is just bad across the board. Do I think Edmonton can win a game 6-5? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen every single time they get into a, every single game in a playoff series? No. And that's where I'm kind of, I look at it and I say, well, if they get off for one game and they win like 6-2, okay, but can they do it again? And that's where I'm looking at the Golden Knights right now, especially in those three games. This is why the Golden Knights got Robin Leonard. And I didn't really think about it at first until we got closer to this stretch where they're going to play 10 of their final 14 on the road. But this is why they got Robin Leonard. For these moments, when you have these back-to-backs, when you have these crucial division games coming up, I don't think that Kelly McCrimmon went into the office at 11 a.m. on the day of the deadline, February 24th, and said, you know what? I'm looking at the schedule right now. Can I trust Malcolm Subban to win me a game in either Calgary or Edmonton? He probably did, but I don't think he looked at it from the standpoint of, I could probably get Robin Leonard and know that we have good goaltending going into these games. If he did, fantastic. I don't think that that was the overall arcing theme. I think that if he wanted to address goaltending, he would have gone a different route knowing what he could have gotten from Leonard. 
So you look at that, and then you have Colorado and Minnesota at the tail end. This is going to be important because one, it's going to answer a multitude. It's going to answer. This is going to answer a lot of things. One, where does Vegas rank in the division? Because if you can at least split the Calgary Edmonton game, fine. Because right now it looks like Leonard will go against Calgary and they'll use Flurry against Edmonton. And again, if you recall, Flurry had his best game of the year in that shutout against uh, Edmonton a couple weeks ago. Now, a lot of that was Flurry had to rely on posts. There were a lot of breakdowns. It could get very ugly if Flurry does not replicate that performance like he did the other night um, when they were in Edmonton. So one that's going to answer where the Golden Knights are in the entire realm of the Pacific Division and where they are in the current crop. And right now, you know, looking at it, two-team race between Vegas and Edmonton. The second question is going to answer. If Robin Leonard continues this play, does he become the number one heading into the playoffs? And I know that sounds absolutely asinine, but if I'm the Golden Knights, I made this move knowing that there was a strong chance that they were going to use both goalies in the playoffs. You're not rolling with just Marc-Andre Fleury knowing you have Robin Leonard in net when you get to the playoffs. If Flurry, again, I'm not putting that LA loss on him. There were, again, you can't let Kopitar get that far down low, and you cannot allow those those other two goals that you gave up to LA. I'm not putting that on him. But in a league where stats are driven because of GAA and save percentage, if Flurry gives up four goals on 17 shots at a continuous rate, that's not going to look good on him. Right. Even though, you know, I could sit here blue in the face talking to this microphone and basically tell you guys, hey, it wasn't Flurry's fault. At the end of the day, it's going to come back down to numbers and the numbers are going to and the numbers are going to show that Mark Andre Flurry didn't get the win because he allowed he saw 17 shots and allowed four goals. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say, because the narrative is going to be. Well, what have you done for me lately? And when you look at what Robin Leonard has done for the Golden Knights lately, he's got a one even GAA with a 967 save percentage and two starts and one shutout. So, I mean, as I almost knock over a water bottle, take with that what you will. But if Robin Leonard goes into Calgary on Sunday and has another terrific game, the Golden Knights win. And if Flurry goes into Edmonton the next night, and he loses. These are questions that we're going to have to start thinking about. And do, do I really think that they would completely ice Flurry out of a situation if they needed to go alternate throughout the playoffs? No. But that would only come in a situation where, say, if they play Nashville in the first round, Leonard gets game one, they win, they go to game two, and you know Flurry gives up like five. And then Leonard has a great performance in game three in Nashville, and they give him the start in game four. That would be the only kind of situation I think. Do I think Flurry would completely crap the bed at that rate? No. I we've seen what he can do in the playoffs, guys. Like it's not I know that it's been two years, right? But in those two years, you can throw game seven of San Jose out of the window. 
Game six was an abomination of the highest order. You take those two out. Flurry was fantastic in uh, the San Jose series last year, and we all know what he did in year one. It's not like he's going to just completely fall apart. I believe 100% in Marc-Andre Fleury when he gets into the playoffs. The question is, will Pete DeBoer have that same faith when they get down to it? And I think this road trip is going to be the first sign of where we are in terms of those questions. Do I think that we're going to get a definitive answer at the tail end of this five-game road trip? No. Because it, I, nothing will be set in stone until the Golden Knights actually clinch a playoff spot and they actually clinch the Pacific Division. But I think we are going to see some inklings. We are going to see some sort of clarity when it comes to the goalie picture and when it comes to what the Golden Knights are going to look like going into the playoffs. And this five-game road trip, now again, they're going to go to Canada again for a final for a four-game roadie at the end of the year. But by then, you would like to think that Vegas will have at least come very close to wrapping up the Pacific Division or at least wrapping up a playoff spot by that point. The, the goal, at least now, for Vegas, get home ice. Get home ice any way you can, whether that is winning the division or whether that's getting the number two spot and locking up whoever you have to play at number three. If you have to go to Edmonton for game one of the second round, so be it. But the Golden Knights need to get home ice advantage at least in the first round. If you can get it for the first two rounds, that's even better. But I think we're going to learn a lot in these coming days with this five-game road trip. And it's going to really tell us what Pete DeBoer is thinking. And it's going to tell us really where the Golden Knights are at in terms of where they are as a team. Because they're getting, they're being gifted, Vegas is, with these losses in regulation from the Oilers, from the Canucks. They are basically being gifted the division. If they're being gifted the division just like that on a silver platter, They've got to take care of business. And in the last nine of 10, that is exactly what they've done. And they've turned around this season so far to the point that you think this team could beat anybody in the Western Conference. And that is, again, what this road trip is going to show us. Because Winnipeg is going to be fighting for their lives. Calgary is still in the mix. Edmonton is right on Vegas's tail. Colorado, they've beaten the crap out of Vegas twice already on home ice. Now, again, that was before DeBoer got here, but Colorado has Vegas's number to this point. And then you have Minnesota. And again, the last time Minnesota played Vegas, kicked the crap out of them in Minnesota. So these are teams that more than likely you will see at some point in the playoffs, and you've got to start establishing some momentum, even though in the last 10 games, you have played the best stretch of hockey that you have played this entire year. This is going to be a very crucial time for Vegas. And if they don't finish strong, you're going to see a little cut, little, uh, little breaks in the armor there. So that's why I think if you can at least get through the first three at a two in one clip, then I think you're going to feel okay. Whatever happens in the Colorado-Minnesota games, it's not going to matter as long as Edmonton doesn't catch up to you. And I, and I think that's fair to say. 
But this five-game road trip is going to show a lot, and I think it's going to start in net, and it's going to eventually creep up into what they're going to do going into the playoffs. So Friday is when it all starts. It all starts Friday. Woo, man. 14 games to go. Can you believe that? 14 games to go. Like, I remember back in year one. I'll, I'll give you a little little story time here. Back in year one, for those who don't know, um, I also worked an overnight job at a, a social media tech startup company. And it was it was a great job. I I the the overall like hierarchy of the actual company was a load of crap, but I worked overnights and I loved the people that I worked with. Like the people that worked overnight, um, and even some of the people that didn't work overnight. Some of the people that worked in the morning or on the swing shift. Those are some of my really good friends that I try to keep in contact with as much as I can. But I loved working with those guys. But in year one, I worked at, at this company, and it was basically something that was kind of like my my full time paycheck. Like everything that I do, guys. Uh, for those who you know, I love what I do. I'm not making full time money here. Like I'm I'm a freelancer. I don't make full time money. I'm on my wife's benefits. I'm not making you know the extravagant amount of money that you know comes with the the well-being of um, covering a hockey team. It's just what it is, what it is. Would I trade it for anything? Absolutely not. But basically what I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting at as I'm getting off track year one felt like the longest six, seven, eight months of my life because, and I think part of that had to do with the whole playoff run and getting all the way to the final. But, and I think everything that led up before that with, you know, October one and all that jazz. I think that was, I blinked and it was like, it's, it's only November. And then I blinked again. It's like, God, this year is going by so fast. And that's why every time Vegas won, I'm like, they're really going to do this. Aren't they? They're really going to make a run here. And they eventually did right year two. Uh, the company uh, shut down. So I got laid off from my job, but year two, when I focused more on hockey, it was just like, vroom. You know what I mean? It just went by so quickly. Year three, I feel like I just started this podcast. Like, I know we started, what, the day before opening day, right? Or at least the days leading up to opening day. But it feels like we have been going through this season for the better part of like two weeks. And we have 14 games to go. It has gone by so quickly. The fact that now we have to kind of switch gears and go into playoff mode is just insane to me. It is absolutely insane. And you know, it's funny because, you know, you watch basketball and you're like, you wake up one day and all of a sudden there's like 20 games left in the basketball scene. And you're like, how in the world did we already get to playoff? How are the Bucks already clinching a playoff spot? You know what I mean? It's, it's things like that. So when I'm like 14 games to go, man, what the heck happened? And so much has happened. Like you, you wake up one day and Vegas is six in the Pacific. And then you wake up the next day, Alec Martinez, Robin Leonard, and Nick Cousins are golden Knights. And the golden Knights are two points clear for first place in the Pacific. It absolutely makes no sense to me. Time and the time space continuum make absolutely no sense to me. So that's where we're at right now. That's where I feel like I'm at right now. If you guys are like, 
totally, uh, if you guys have just been coasting along, you're like, yeah, you know, it feels like it's been a long season. This and the other thing. By the time preseason comes around, we'll be like, preseason is taking way too damn long. Can we just hurry up and get to the regular season already? You know what I mean? Like it's going to get to that point rather soon. So let's just enjoy it for what it is right now before we go any further, (laughs) because now the next time I blink, the Golden Knights are going to probably be in the Western Conference final. I'm not guaranteeing it, but I know in my luck, if it goes any quicker than what it did in year one, when they swept the Kings and you waited nine days to like, who in the hell are they going to play next? Well, we actually knew they knew they were going to play the Sharks because the Sharks also swept the Ducks in that series. So both the Knights and the Sharks had to wait like, what, nine, ten days before they actually played their series. And then when the Golden Knights uh, knocked out the Capital, or not the, not the Capitals, the, uh, the Jets in Game 5. And even when they played the Sharks, like when they beat them in six, they had to wait like another four or five days before the, the Jets finally knocked out Nashville. And then by the time Vegas knocked out Winnipeg in the conference final, they had to wait another like another five, six days before they actually played Washington. So it, it was just, it was in that stretch where it felt really, really long, but not really, if that makes any sense. I don't know. That's it, it, just how I feel. Like, I, I feel like an old man sometimes, and I'm just like the angry man that yells at clouds. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you're in your time machine happenings and all that jazz. I don't know, guys. It, it, it is what it is. Like, we're 14 games away until the playoffs, and then we get to the nitty-gritty. It's all going downhill. Or uphill, if you're a Golden Knights fan. Just keep remembering that. All right. One look around the league before we get out of here. Uh, the Maple Leafs and the Kings are tied at zero. That game literally has zero meaning to anything that is going on in any current uh, positioning in the lexicon, unless you are a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, which looking at the standings right now, you're at 78 points. There's not a team that's going to catch you because all the other teams are in the Metro fighting for the wild card and for third place. And your next threat is Florida. You're not catching Tampa. Yeah, the, you, you, this game literally means absolute nada if you are a fan of the Maple Leafs or the Kings, basically. Uh, the Wild and the Sharks are tied at one with 11 minutes left in the second period, a game to look for if you are a Golden Knights fan because the Minnesota Wild could be a team that the Golden Knights play in the first round in the playoffs should everything go according to plan, which, if that's the case, I think everybody should be very, very worried. Uh, the Penguins beat the Sabres 4-2 to tonight. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning blank the Canadians. I think the Lightning won for the first time in 30 games. Kudos to them as they are still ways away from Boston. Uh, the Bruins beat, speaking of Boston, the Bruins beat the Panthers 2-1 to in overtime. Uh, the New York Rangers, they beat the Capitals 6-5. to So here come the Rangers. They needed a big win. They got it. They beat the Capitals in New York. Kudos to them. But here we are talking about Mika Zibanejad having five goals. I, I looked at Twitter and I was like, all I saw was a tweet from Elliot Friedman. And all I said was, what? He has what now? What? Five? What? No. <laughs> he literally scored as many goals as the Capitals. And it took six to beat the Capitals. Six to five. Zibanejad with the game winner, by the way, to him is fifth. Uh, so the Capitals lose. They get a point. Um, but by the way, the Philadelphia Flyers won again. Speaking of trying to catch the Capitals, the Flyers beat the Capitals the other night. The Flyers and the Capitals are now tied atop the Metro 
at 87 points with 15 games to go. I have no idea. I have not paid attention to the Flyers that much lately. I I don't think I have watched many games. I've only seen like what I've read and what I've been, you know, seeing on scoreboards and the standing watch. Whatever has gotten in to the Philadelphia Flyers, that is a team that I don't think anybody wants to face in the playoffs. And if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm not I'm going to be a little bit cautious if I'm Pittsburgh. Because if it's got to be Pittsburgh versus Philly in the first round, I would be a little cautious the way Philly's been playing. It could be Washington-Pittsburgh in the first round, which, good Lord help us if it's Washington-Pittsburgh in the first round. I don't think the hockey gods could take that. Second round, maybe. First round, a little bit insane. I'm just saying. It could happen the way the Flyers keep racking up wins. It is unbelievable. That environment is going to be ridiculous. Uh, Wells Fargo Center going to be nuts in the playoffs. The Senators got the win over the Islanders 4-3. to three. I actually called it in my betting column this week. Uh, two dogs, by the way, cashed. Philly cashed against Washington, and the Senators cashed against New York. Um, just because I thought the Senators were going to play a little bit more inspired with Bobby Ryan back in the first game with uh, J.G. Pagot uh, in his first game against the team that traded him. And it turned out well. 4-3. Senators got the victory. The Nashville Predators, impressive win. 2-0 over the Dallas Stars. UC Saros with a 33-save shutout. And we already touched on the Blackhawks beating the Oilers with a big help to the Golden Knights. And as we look at the Western Conference right now, the only game right now that has any meaning to this point is Minnesota and San Jose. Minnesota has fallen down to uh, fifth in the wild card standings. Vancouver and Nashville tied at 74 points. Nashville with a win jumps over Winnipeg, and Arizona is also there. So we got a four-way tie. Depending on what happens with Minnesota, we could have a five-way, five-way tie, or Minnesota could leapfrog to the first wild card, which would mean if the season were to end today, it would be Vegas and Minnesota. I don't know if Vegas fans really want that matchup, says history, says past results. I'm just saying. All right. So that, ladies and gentlemen, will do it for me this evening. Again, tomorrow we are looking at a post-game pod because it is a 5 o'clock puck drop between Vegas and Winnipeg. Uh, Post-game pod will happen tomorrow, so expect that in your feeds I'm going to push probably the same time we're doing this right now. So nine o'clock, maybe 10, depending on how things go. Um, Be on the lookout for that. Uh, Monday, let me get this out of the way now before I completely forget. Uh, Monday, I know it sucks because it's the Edmonton game and that's going to be the biggest game that we have on that docket. Monday is going to be a little weird because I'm also doing more work um, with conference tournaments, I'm doing, uh, I, I did the, uh, game today, the Mount West game between San Diego state and air force for the associate press. I'm doing more work for the AP on Monday and Monday is going to be ridiculous because I'm doing Gonzaga women, the Gonzaga women's team, I think is at noon. And then I'm doing BYU at three and then Gonzaga men at six, all on Monday. So back to back to back. So 
I will not be. <laughs> I likely will not be able to do a post-game pod after Monday. So I'm just letting you all know that. Now, what I think what we're going to do for next week, Monday morning will be uh, the reaction to the Calgary game. Tuesday morning will be kind of the post-game pod with uh, Vegas Edmonton, if that sounds good to everybody else. So I know it, it's kind of ridiculous that we're, I'm not going to be, I'm not even going to be able to watch the game, I think, fully. I'm going to have it on my computer, obviously, but I'm not going to be able to like fully watch it. But I think that is the plan we're going to roll with. So Monday, we'll, we'll have a breakdown of what happens in the Calgary game. Tuesday will be the Edmonton game. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we can kind of get back on track with the rest of this road trip, as well as throw a mailbag episode in that capacity in some way. So again, if you have questions, again, send me an email to locked to Golden Knights at gmail.com or tweet at LockedOnVGK or tweet at DannyWebster21, and we will get those questions answered uh, next week sometime. So that will do it for me. That is the plan for next week. Uh, thank you all for your patience. Appreciate it. I'm trying to... Make sure we get all locked and ready to go for playoff time because it is going to be a lot of fun. But um, thank you guys for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, all that jazz. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, by the way, please feel free to uh, leave a review and a rating. Uh, let's me know how I'm doing on the show. And uh, let's me know, uh, let's other people find the podcast if you are so inclined as to let them find the podcast if that's something you want to do. By the way, a quick shout out to uh, Josh on Twitter who uh, tweeted that he wanted to know that he loves the podcast and that I'm doing awesome and a great addition to his day. I appreciate that, Josh. Thank you very much for the uh, support yesterday or the other day. Whenever you tweeted that, I, I can't even keep up with what days of the week. All I know is it's Thursday. By the time I wake up on Monday, it'll be like Friday. That, that's the way it is. All right, guys, that'll do it for me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading, sharing, subscribing, all that jazz. I will be back tomorrow night. Postgame pod, Vegas, Winnipeg. Get ready for it. We'll be probably... Upload same time tomorrow. We'll definitely be ready for you on Saturday morning. So thank you guys. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and I will see you tomorrow. Have a good one.